Hi there, this is Bob Joyce. Go to our website, bobjoyce.org, and listen to our music and hear the good news of Jesus preached. God bless you and keep you safe in His arms. In my living shall not be in God is way ahead of us. As far as this country is concerned, God's already way ahead. There's nothing happening in our country that God's not aware of. He knew it was going to happen before it happened. So why are we so worried? Whenever things come our way, and we're taken by whatever the circumstance may be, physical or financial or otherwise. God's not taken by. It's just poor little old us. God is teaching us. He's showing us. He's telling us over and over again. See, the Bible doesn't say that God is long-suffering for nothing. He's long-suffering towards us. He suffers long with us. He's patient with us. He wants us to, to learn to just totally and absolutely without reservation to trust in Him. So that anytime anybody asks you how you're doing, I'm doing great. I don't care if you're sick, dead, or dying. Say, I'm doing great. <laughs> Can't help how I look, but I'm doing great. <laughs> Hallelujah! Ain't that right, Ma? Ain't that right? Amen. Let me have you. Let me have you. Let me have your cane there a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, how you doing, Bob? Well, I'm getting there. Can God do miracles? Of course He can. What kind of a question is that? The God that made all things, can He do miracles? question is, can you trust Him? The question is, do we believe Him? The question is, are we leaning upon that everlasting arm? Regardless of what comes or goes. Our God is not a God to be served in the best of circumstances. He's the God to be served in all circumstances. Huh? Thank you for that, Father. Hallelujah! God is still God, whatever the situation is. He is still God. 
And when we get our minds right about that, hallelujah. Oh, brother, look out. Look out. Hallelujah. And the devil will come and say, oh, here they come again. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the bread of life. Feed us because we need it. We need our daily bread. We need our bread today. This is the first day, Lord, the day of your resurrection. This is the day that you arose, the first day. And we're here to worship you. We're here to praise you. We're here to hear from you. We're here to honor you. We're here because, Lord, we believe in you. Feed us, Lord. Show us. Tell us. Open our eyes. Open our understanding. And let us leave this place refreshed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Are you ready to sit down? <laughs> well, go ahead. <laughs> God. Can make a difference. can make a change instantly. God can make things happen instantly. Or however long it takes. It doesn't matter with God. He makes things happen. In the Psalms, the 68th chapter, the very first verse says, Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Yes. Let them also that hate him flee before him when God arises. Let his enemies be scattered. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God. Sing praises to His name. Extol Him that rides upon the heavens by His name, Yah, and rejoice before Him. A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. O God, when wilt thou 
wentest forth before thy people, when thou didst march through the wilderness. The earth shook, the heavens also dropped at the presence of God. Even Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Thou, O God, didst send a plentiful rain whereby thou didst confirm thine inheritance when it was weary. Thy congregation hath dwelt therein. Thou, O God, hast prepared of thy goodness for the poor. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. Hallelujah. God gives the word. And when God gives the word, something wonderful happens. It will not return to him void. He sends forth his word, it will not return void. God expects. God expects. Something wonderful to come from it. Kings of armies did flee apace. She that tarried at home divided the spoil. Though you have lain among the pots, yet shall you be as the wings of a dove covered with silver and her feathers with yellow gold. When the Almighty scattered kings in it, it was white as snow in Salmon. Now what does that mean? Salmon is a hill adjacent to Shechem. Remember Shechem in the Bible. It was a hill that was covered with a thick black forest. But God can change the complexation of a battle as quickly as he can change the dark forest with white snow. God can change things around just like he can cause the darkness of the forest to be covered with white snow. God can make the difference. When God rises up to battle, his people will lay among the pots. That word pots actually could be translated sheepfolds. Meaning that they would abide in their prosperity and their riches rather than answer the call. They will be at rest in their luxury. They will stay home and divide the spoils. God is good to you. God goes before you and fights your battles for you. And all you got to do is sit there and take in all the benefits. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Surely. Truly, you eat the fat of the land. You are blessed of God beyond many upon this earth. All of God's people are blessed above, above everyone else. And you divide the spoils. 
God is going to take it from those who are haughty and defiant of Him and give it to you. God is going to take what the world covets most and give it to you. They that trust in the Lord shall receive of His benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who healeth all thy diseases. He forgives all of your iniquities. Did you know it says that in the Bible? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Why is that? Why is God so good to us? In the book of Isaiah, the 38th chapter, we read about a king. His name was Hezekiah. Hezekiah served the Lord. He was not an evil king. He was a good king, as scriptures say. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. But he sent the prophet to Hezekiah and said, Set your house in order because you're going to die. Hezekiah didn't quite receive that very well. He couldn't understand why that he was about to die. He was a little too young, maybe, perhaps. Or maybe he thought, well, I've done everything you wanted me to do. Why am I dying? So he turned his face to the wall and he cried out to the Lord. And he prayed. And he wept. And he said, I have done all that you've wanted me to do in my life. Why? And while he was praying, the Lord sent the prophet back to him and said, go back and tell him that I've heard his cry and seen his tears. Just that quickly. Just that quickly, God heard it. The prophet had done delivered the word. He was on his way back to where he come from, and God stopped him on his way and said, "Go back and tell him I've heard his prayers and seen his tears, and I'm going to add 15 more years to his life. And this is going to be a sign that of what I'm doing. Ten degrees is going to go back on the clock." And the, and the degree went back. You know, the shadow of the of the, of the shadow on the on the sundial went back ten degrees. You remember reading that in the Bible? So God stopped time. He he caused it to go back to show him that he meant business. God can do the impossible to show you 
that he means business with you. He'll do what you absolutely would never dream of being done. God will do that to see that his word prospers where he sends it. Whatever God has said, he will do it. Don't be afraid. And don't fear to come to God and pour out before Him your complaint. Don't be afraid to pour your heart out and tell God everything. Whether you deserve it or not, it doesn't matter. Go to God and pour out your heart. And God will hear your cry. Some people act like, even Christians act like, God doesn't hear anymore. God, God doesn't hear them when they pray. They just go through the motions. You know, it's like a habit of just praying. But isn't it time that we began to realize that God hears us when we truly pray to Him from our heart, when we cry out to Him, He hears us. For God wants to make a difference in your life. God doesn't hold it against you. If God is for you, God is for you. Now, did God know that Hezekiah was going to call on him? I'm sure he did. The Bible tells us that God's mercy endures forever. And then what it says? Over and over again, it tells us what God, God is to us. God's mercy endures forever. Uh, you know, God is on His throne. God is always there. He hears us. He knows. God knows. But the Scripture still, still admonishes us to say, as David and all the rest of the psalmist, Have mercy upon me, Lord. Well, his mercy endures forever. God knows what you're needing. He already, he's, he's already promised. God has already promised to give you what you ask, what you need. Let me put it this way. He's already promised to give you what you need. But he's waiting for you to ask. And that's kind of something about God. God deserves our, respe our respect and honor. He deserves to be revered. He is our Heavenly Father and He knows our needs. But just as you go to your earthly father when there's something you need, we need to go to our heavenly father. Jesus said, if you're being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. If your children, what did he say? If your children ask for a... What did he say? Bread? Bread? Will he give him a serpent? Yeah. 
If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children when they ask, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? One scripture says to give good things to those that ask Him. God wants to intervene in your life. God wants to be in the midst of your life. God wants to be the point of interest in your life. God wants to be He whom you are focused on in your life. God wants you to live in that focus. Live in that trust. Of your heavenly father. Because God alone. Can make a difference. He can change things. Suddenly for you. Is there anything. Too hard for God. Hello. Is there anything. Too hard for God. Nothing. Nothing. Now listen. Let me read you another scripture. I'm going to get into this. Isaiah 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue has muttered perverseness. Verse 9 says, Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for the light, but behold obscurity for brightness, but we walk in darkness. In other words, they're saying here, we have done wrong, but we're waiting for the best, we're waiting for the good to come. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar like bears, mourn, soar like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. Our transgressions are multiplied before you. Our sins testify against us. Our transgressions are with us and for our iniquities. We know them. We have transgressed and lied against the Lord, departed away from God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood, and judgment is turned away. 
And judgment stands afar off. And truth is fallen in the street. And equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth. And he that departs from evil makes himself a prey. He that departs from evil makes himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, that it pleased him that there was no judgment. And he saw there was no man, and he wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him. And his righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay. Fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. God is rising up. He wondered that there was no intercessor. But his right arm Brought salvation. And his righteousness sustained him. God doesn't need any help. He's big enough. He's bigger than all your problems. He's bigger than all my fears. He's greater than all my sinfulness. In my rebellion, he's still God. In my waywardness, he is still on the throne. When I turn away, God is still there waiting and listening for me. Who among us will call upon the name of the Lord? Even in the midst of your sinfulness, even in the midst of rebellion, will you call upon the Lord? How many times have I called upon the Lord in my sinfulness? God. And feeling like I'm so unworthy of Him. My sin separated me from Him. But His arm Still reaches out. 
What is he saying? It is my own doubt and unbelief. It is my own waywardness, my own way of thinking in my sins that separates me from God. Because His arm is not shortened that He can't save. Neither His ear heavy that He cannot hear me. What does He want me to do? Just call upon the Lord. But I've sinned. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I know that I'm wrong and I know that I've done wrong. I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be and I know. And, well, I don't care what it is. Call upon the name of the Lord. Brother Bob, will you please pray for me? I feel like I'm just, I just not worthy of God. I, just, I don't know. I just try and I can't do what. Brother, call upon the name of the Lord. You say, how do I quit doing my sinful? How do I stop sinning? How many times have people told me, how can I stop doing the bad things I'm always doing? <laughs> I can't seem to admit it. I can't seem to overcome this. Are you going to allow that to make you believe that God doesn't hear you? Are you going to make what you think is so bad in your life to believe that God cannot save you? That is the lying devil talking to you. He's whispering in your ears because he knows just as sure as you call upon the name of the Lord, he is going to hear you. He knows just as sure as you give up and say, Lord, here I am. I need you that he is going to hear your cry. There was no intercessor, but God sent one. His name is Jesus, and he's always there for you. He always hears your cry. Hallelujah. He stands before the Father and makes an intercession for you night and day. He's always there for you. Amen. Truth had fallen in the street. Nobody would stand up for justice. But then one day, Jesus came. And truth is walking in the streets. Justice is everywhere. Healing is in His wings. Mercy! Flows from His mouth and His lips and His eyes and His hands. Hallelujah. God, God is making a difference. 
when it seemed like the whole world's going to hell, God steps in it and he makes the difference. When the devil says, I've got it all, God says, hold up, you ain't got it. I'm going to make all the difference in the world. I'm coming down here and I'm going to make the difference for my people. You can't have them, they're mine. The devil thought he'd take vengeance on God. Take revenge and kill all of us. But the Bible tells us that He is the Lamb of God. Slain from the foundation of the world. And when Jesus came and the devil saw him, he couldn't figure him out. Just who are you? If you are, if you are the Son of God, Command these stones to be made bread. Jesus knew the tricks of the devil. Could Jesus turn the stones into bread? Could Jesus? Who do you think made those stones, man? <laughs> He could change the elements just like that. He could change them stone and the bread just as easy as he made the stones. But Jesus wasn't there to sustain himself as a man. He didn't come to sustain himself or be independent. See, Jesus was not an independent man. He was dependent upon the Father. He could have made those stones bread and gave himself sustenance, something to eat, you know, for his hunger. He could have provided for himself. But he wasn't there. He wasn't led into the wilderness on his own. The Spirit led him there. So therefore, he was not there for himself. He was there by the will of God, by the will of the Father. And the Father would sustain him. He didn't tell him to go on there and fix things up for himself. He said, I'm trusting in my God. So therefore, he wouldn't turn the stones into bread. For his dependency is not upon himself. It is upon the Father. He will be provided for. He will be sustained by the will of His Father. God makes all the difference. When we think that we can do it, we can't. God wants to do it. He will make the difference. He will make the way for you. 
He will provide for you. All he asks you to do is to trust in him. Trust in him with all of your heart. You hear me? And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. And unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord, As for me, this is my covenant. With them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart out of your mouth. Nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed seed, saith the Lord from henceforth and forever. His word shall not depart out of his mouth. God intervenes. Satan is not going to get the best of it. God is. Satan is not in control of your life. God is. You are not in control of your life. If you're a child of God, your father is. Hallelujah. Let me read you a scripture. Let me read you one more scripture in Isaiah, and then I'm going to flip over to the New Testament. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth when thou hast was refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment. God is not pleased with sin. He said, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. Everlasting kindness. Lord, thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. When I'm overwhelmed with my sin or my enemies, you will sustain me. Because of your loving kindness is greater. 
what God can do for me is so much more than what life can afford me. Somebody says, life's really been hard for me. I've really had it hard in my life. And you probably have. Many of you have had it very hard in life. Things hasn't been easy for many of you this morning. Life has not been kind to you. Things have hit you hard. If it's not in your life, it's in the life of your loved ones and your family, those that are nearest and closest and dearest to you. Things have happened in your life. Sometimes life is very disappointing. But David said, Lord, thy loving kindness Lord, you know where I've been. You know what I've gone through. You know my weaknesses and my sin. You know my faults and failures. You know everything that's happened to me in my life. You know everything about me, Lord. Yes, hallelujah. You know where I've come from. You know where I'm going. I don't know what to say. All I know is your loving kindness towards me is better than what life has afforded me. have it always gone the way I wanted it Father but I've learned through it all to look to you I've learned to turn away from seeing the things that I see to behold your loving kindness I would rather stand in the presence of God. Yes. His loving kindness. In order for me to feel His presence, in order for me to have it, to know Him, that's very kind of Him. It's very gracious of Him. That's what we try to be here in this church. We try to be gracious to one another with the graciousness of God. We try to be kind to one another with the kindness of God. Amen. Let me read you something that Paul said in 2 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by longsuffering, and by kindness. By the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. By love unfeigned. By the word of truth. By the power of God. By the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. By honor and dishonor. 
by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown yet well known, as dying and behold we live. As sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Oh, you Corinthians, our mouth is open to you. Our heart is enlarged. God making the difference. You know what? Kindness in the Greek is a word, krestades. It means usefulness. Usefulness. Moral excellence, gentleness, and goodness. If we're not kind, we're not useful. We are useless. The Bible says that God has come. And He has showed His kindness towards us. In Christ Jesus. God. Making the difference. You want to be useful? You want to be used of God? Use, useful? Be gracious. And be kind. Be considerate. Be gracious. Listen. Have an open heart. Be patient. Hear what others are saying and hear what God is saying. Hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Be led of the Spirit. And wait. Don't rush headlong. Bullheaded. Hardheaded. Know it all. Ain't gonna tell me nothing. I know about I know better than that. Be gracious. Wait. And you are useful. You wanna be used of God? You want to be useful to others? You want to be of help to others? That's the way God is. How can God help you? How can God do anything for us? Why would God do anything for us? Huh? Well, because He's God and He's supposed to. No. No. He is because His loving kindness is better. He is because He loved us and was gracious unto us. And Jesus Christ, when He came, was as gentle as a dove. He heard their cries. He listened to their complaints. He humbled himself down and invited them in 
to his presence. He walked among them where no one else would walk. He would go where no one, no one man dared to go. He walked among the lepers. My God, he walked among the dead. He walked among those possessed by demons. He walked in the dark places and the places that no man would dare to go. Jesus walked in there. Why? Because he was full of the graciousness and the loving kindness of his Father. He's making a difference in the world. What's going to make a difference in this world? What's going to make a difference in your life? It's the loving kindness of God. Not bullheadedness. Not being sharp and quick. Not being obstinate. Not being reserved and doubtful. But loving kindness and tender mercy. What saved you? What saved you? Was it a hard and harsh God? Do you serve a harsh and hard God? Or do we serve a loving God? Do we serve a God who can't hear? Are we serving a God who holds back His arms from us? Or do we serve a God who reaches out His arms continually? Are we serving a Father who cares about us, who's concerned about us, who listens to us, who wants to hear from us? That's the only thing that makes a difference. When you preach the Word of God, preacher, preach it with the loving kindness of God. Oh yeah, be stern about sin. But there is forgiveness. Let us be alert of what's going on in our church, in our world. But there is mercy. Jesus Christ didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He didn't come to push us down in the ground for our iniquity. Jesus Christ represents the mercy of God to raise us up out of the dust. Yes, yes. That's what makes the difference. Is there any man among us who proclaims justice? What justice? Justice fell upon Jesus at the cross. Your sins and your iniquities and your faults and failures, your ungodliness, he took at the cross. Your rebellion, your hatefulness and malice, your envy and strife, and all that you think in your own wicked heart, Jesus took it at the cross. And the justice of God was poured out upon him who became the intercessor. Is there no man? Jesus said, I'll go, Father. I'll stand in the gap. I'll make up the hedge. 
I will stand and plead for mercy. My blood cries out. The blood of Jesus has better things to speak of than that of Abel. The blood of Abel cried out from the ground. Remember when Cain slew him, his blood cried out from the ground. God heard, his, God heard the cry of Abel from the ground. But the blood of Jesus, praise God, his blood pours out and it says greater things than that of Abel. Why? Because it cries for every one of us. Abel's blood cried out for Abel, but the blood of Jesus Christ cries out for every one of us. Hallelujah. Thy loving kindness. Why then should I despair? Why then should I doubt? Why then should I run away from God? Considering all that he's done for me in Christ. Everything. Everything that you need in life has been provided. Everything to make you free has been provided in Christ. Everything to make the difference for your life has already been provided. What we need more than anything. Somebody said, well, if I just had a little more money. And I can give you money and it ain't going to make no difference. Now, a week from now, you'll be just like you are right now. Because you blow it all. It wouldn't be that more. Money ain't going to make no difference. What you need. Is peace. Like a river. Yes, hallelujah. What you need. Is your soul. To be satisfied. It don't matter what comes and goes. Somebody said a flood's coming. You say, oh, it is? <laughs> Somebody says the world's on fire. It is? All is well with my soul. For God has entered into my life and made the difference. He's given me peace. When the world run around like a chicken with his head cut off. The world may be going to hell, but I ain't. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. People may be flustered and confused and don't know what to do, but I do. I'm not. I'm not flustered and I'm not confused. I'm at peace with God. about tomorrow. I ain't worried about today or yesterday or any other time. I have peace with God. Because I've come to know His loving kindness. I'm going to say this. I'm going to close. King David 
We all know about King David. Sweet singer of Israel. Anointed of God to be king of Israel. He had enemies all around. Even Saul hated him, was jealous of him, tried to kill him. But he made friends with King Saul's son, Jonathan. And they became knit together. Their hearts were knit together. They loved each other as brothers like no one else. Matter of fact, David said, Oh, my brother Jonathan, thy love to me was even more wonderful than the love of women. And that doesn't mean they were homosexuals. Don't, get, don't believe that. They were not homosexuals. They were bonded together with such great friendship and love for one another. They, just, they were just knitted together. They were just, God brought them together. They just had such a wonderful relationship as brothers. Later on in King David's life, after Saul and Jonathan all had died and gone, everyone was gone, and King David was ruling in Israel, he called a man to him one day, and he said, is there anybody left of the house of Saul? Anyone to whom I can show the kindness of the Lord. The man said, there's one man. His name's Mephibosheth. He is the son of Jonathan. Jonathan's son. But he's crippled in his feet. He's a cripple. David said, bring him here. Go to where he lives and fetch him and bring him back here. To my palace. To my house. So he went and he got Mephibosheth and brought him to David. And when he saw David, he fell down before him. He said, who am I, a dead dog as I am, who am I that you would have any concern for at all? Who am I that I should stand before the king, crippled in his feet? And David said, everything that was yours, with your father, I restore. I restore all of your lands that have been taken from you. And you will live here with me. And you will sit at my table every day of your life. You will sit with me at my table and eat the king's food. And the rest of his life, crippled, was shown great.
kindness and mercy. He made a difference in his life. Preachers, you want to make a difference? Show the loving kindness of God. Be merciful and gracious and understanding. And be patient and wait, and the Lord will make things work. Glory to God. You want to see a difference in the church? Wait upon the Lord and show His mercy to people. Hallelujah. And God will make the difference. Who am I that I should eat at the king's table? I am a dead dog. I'm nobody. But David had mercy upon him. For Jonathan's sake, his father. Because David loved Jonathan so much. God has mercy on us. And loves us so much. Because he loves his son. And the son loves the father. What Jesus did for us. Jesus said. The father will love you. As he's loved me. As he's loved me. He will love you. How much can God love us? Let me ask you the question. How much does he love the son? Huh? How much does God love you? How much does God love the son? That's how much he loves you. And how much does the son love the father? The loving kindness of God. It's time that we back up and take another look at all this and say to those who are misguided or to those who are Desolate to those who have been forsaken. To those who have been led astray, those who are going the wrong way, those who are thinking wrong, living wrong, doing wrong. It's time to back up. Jesus, when he looked at the woman that was caught in adultery, that's ready to kill her. Throw the stones at her. She's worthy of death. We must kill her according to the law. But Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee. 
go and sin no more. Go. Go your way and sin no more. Jesus didn't come to cast us into hell. He came to deliver us from hell. Somebody says the Bible tells us to repent. Yes, it does. Repent. Repent from what? Is it just your sins that he wants you to repent of? Because you've repented of those so many times, you couldn't even count it. You sin, you repent. You go back and do it again, you repent. You sin, you repent. So what is God telling us to really, truly repent of? An unbelieving heart. Change your mind. Because if you don't change your mind, you're not going to change your ways. Huh? He told Israel, repent and believe the good news. You believe, I know what you believe. I know what you think. Repent of that and start thinking what God has said. Believe in what God has said. Can you say Amen. The loving kindness of God is here to tell us something. It is here to give us hallelujah. It is here to give us hope. It is here to make a difference. It is here to raise us up. It is here to save us. It is here to deliver us. It is here to bring us to heaven. It is here to give us His goodness and mercy. It is here to give us of His Spirit. To all of those who believe, praise God. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, He is going to make the difference in your life. Stand with me, everybody. God has shown us the riches of His grace and His kindness. God has showed us the riches of His grace in His kindness towards us. Not His harshness, not His sternness, But his kindness. If there's anybody that has a right to be stern and hard, it's God. If there's anybody that has a right, it's God. But God is so great. Man, he could flick you out and just, just like that. You'd be gone. Or he could just say it, go, and you'd be gone. He could put his finger on you and push you down the ground. No problem. He could do it, and no one could say anything bad about it because he's perfect, and we're not. We deserve the finger of God to push us down. That's what we deserve. But God doesn't come to us that way, does he? He comes to us 
and loving kindness. God is makes himself useful to us. I want to help. I want to raise you up. I want to show you your way and show you my way. Yes. You know where you come from and I'm going to show you where you're going. <laughs> you know what your sin is. You know you shouldn't do these things because I've already said it and you know what I said. Now, let me show you the way. Hallelujah. When God finds somebody down and out, He didn't go over and put His foot on and push them on down. He says, here, let me help you up. That's what Jesus did when He came. He said, let me help you. He walked among the sick and the afflicted and the crippled and the diseased and the outcasts and the downcast and the sinners and the harlots and the publicans and everybody else. He said, I want to help you. Yes. Let me help you. Thy loving kindness. He made himself available. He made himself youth, useful to everyone. He made himself available to everyone. To everyone that would receive him. It was those that were so religious minded who couldn't receive him. It was those who were so pious who couldn't receive him. But those poor ignorant sinners, they all just rushed to Jesus. And he was so kind and so good. That he healed all of them. Lord, help me to be like Jesus. Help me to be like Jesus. God, help me to help. Help me to be like Jesus. Reach forth a helping hand. You're lost. You're sinning. You know you're wrong. When you sin, God knows. But we're here to rescue and save. We're here to pull you out of the fire. We're here to set you on the right road. We're here to shine the light. Yes. Hallelujah. We're here to show the way. Jesus is that way. The loving kindness. He has showed us grace. In his loving kindness. Thank you, Father, for being so gracious and so kind and so loving that you can look down into our very souls and we melt before you. You look down into our very hearts. And you can do for us what no one else can do. Oh, Father, you make all the difference. Everything else fades in the light of you. Everything else means nothing in the light of you. 
We have sinned. We have done wrong. Forgive us of our sin. But you have forgiven us at the cross. That's what you sent Jesus for, to die for our sins. And to wash us in his blood. To cleanse us and make us whole. Oh, Heavenly Father. You have been so good. Help us not to despise your goodness. Thank you, Father, for touching our hearts. Filling us with your goodness and your mercy. Help us to never forget that, Lord, that we walk in the steps of Christ. To reach out that helping hand and that kind word and that love of God. Reaching out. So that others may find you and others may know you. And those who are in trouble, and those who are in sin, and those who are lost will find you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. Be kind, tenderhearted, caring and loving. Because that's what makes the difference. God makes the difference. Amen. Amen. Does anybody here who needs Jesus? You're lost. You're not saved, anybody. You want to know the Lord? Come ahead. He's already come to you. The Lord has already come. He's already, he's already touched your heart. He has. Amen. Say, Lord, I believe. I believe you died for my, for my sins. I believe you died to save me. And you rose again. You rose again. And you are alive right now. You are alive. And you are my Savior. And I receive you right now. I believe on you, Lord. And I thank you for what you've done for me. In your merciful kindness to me. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at her face. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father, for loving us. Hallelujah. We're going to get you baptized, too. Hallelujah. We're going to have a baptism around here. Many people want to get baptized. We're going to do it pretty soon. Does anybody here need to be baptized that's here this morning? Anybody needs to be? There's been a lot of people writing and asking, and I don't know how many people is going to show up, but we've got a lot of people that need to be baptized. 
So we're going to be having a baptism here before long. Uh, we've been waiting for the hotter weather, but it's been so hot, I don't know why we was waiting. <laughs> uh, but we went ahead and got a horse trough, and we baptized the girl from, uh, from England here a few weeks ago, right out here on the front porch. And we was able to heat up, heat up the water and fill it up with warm water and baptize her. But the water around here in Arkansas, even in June, is pretty cold. You walk out in that, that water in June, more will to take your breath away almost. So that's why we've waited till about August. Uh, I don't know what people do up in the cold country. I've seen baptisms on, online, videos of people baptizing like up in Alaska or someplace. They cut holes in the ice and baptize them. And the, when they come out, they're frozen, you know. They are the, they are the chosen frozen. Oh, uh, so we try to make it a little, you know, try to have at least uh, some, some warm water for people to be able to baptize in. So that's why we've waited to August. But uh, if people just need to be baptized pretty quick, we can do it in the horse trough, in the water trough. We can do that. Amen. Huh? Do what? Yeah, we'll dunk them. Anyway, well, God bless you. Thank you for coming and being with us. Remember to be kind to one another in the love of God and gracious to one another and be patient with one another and love one another. Help one another. Be use, useful. That's how, you're, that's how you're useful. And go with God. Remember Jesus. That's the way he was. So we are to follow in his footsteps. So it's Christ in us. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. Yes, amen. So God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for coming so far to be here today. Lord be with you as you go home, protect you and keep you, and bring you back safely sometime. Yes. So thank you for coming. Be friendly. Love one another. Come back and see us. Amen. amen. God bless. Amen.